I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. And thank you for tuning in to What's Next. Thomas O'Neill White here with Naja Bolden, the performance manager and founding consultant for Phoenix Innovation Group. Naj, thank you for being in with us today. My pleasure. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you today. And you are also an author. I am. Yeah. Can you, before we get into everything, talk to me about um, these books that you've published? Uh, it started, well, that's a, that's a long story, long time. Is it Tom or Thomas? Can I? Thomas. Thomas. Um, that's a, a long story long. I started out, uh, as I was mentioning to you earlier, with a fellowship uh, at ECC, and that's where like my, my research began. And, you know, coming up through UB to uh, Buff State, I kind of like continued on that research. And uh, with my with my master's project, um, I kind of like just reduced that down into some modules as, as I started the business. And that was about six years ago I started, but you know, here here we are today with with the one creativity unleash your path to excellence, which is um, our structured framework broken down into modules, where uh, uh, instead of just calling me for coaching or working with me, you can work at your own pace and tap into me when necessary. The second book is uh, Creative Mastery, and that's your. 30-day journey to triumphants, and uh, that's more in the vein of things that inspire me, like uh, John Randolph Price's Abundance book and uh, Florence Scovelshin's The Game of Life and How to Play It, where they focus on uh, changing these habits that we have to produce more adaptive behaviors towards the things that we want that aligns with our goals, principles, integrity, things like that. So creativity is a large part of what you do, who you are. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, sir. Um, I have a, I am just so passionate about um, imagination and using people's imagination to run up against their, their big, their biggest hurdles and turn those into opportunities. So while studying creativity, I ran across uh, researchers, Ackoff and Vergara and their definition for, creativity and it's one that stayed within my veins since I've learned it it's uh creativity is the ability to modify self-imposed constraints so when you break that down I have a background in psychology because I'm a psychology nerd Thomas so (laughs) my background is in psychology so you know with going through therapy and you know um, like I said spending 17 years uh, researching behavior you see that we are always in our own way Mm mm-hmm you know, no matter what it is, from the smallest to the tallest thing, um, whether it be organizational facing or client facing, individual facing, self facing, 
we are in our own way. So what are some practical tools, tips, tricks, principles, methodologies that help me not only get out of my way, but stay out of my way? And when I can stay out of my way, I can start to lead people to innovation and change. And that's where we get into creative leadership. You are born and bred in Buffalo. Yes, I am. Lower East Side. Yes, I am. Um, Walden and Miller, to be specific. Okay. All right. What do you love about the neighborhood you grew up in? The how it it you know echoes the truth of America, right? Well, like we just learned from UB study that they just released the results on that the East Side of Buffalo has been left neglected for the past thirty one years, mm-hmm. right? And that's beyond being benign neglect of the of the Nixon era, right? So that's like deliberate ne- like I'm 39 so that deliberate neglect is was happening while I was living there right so mm-hmm. what I what I love about my neighborhood is that we were still able to thrive in darkness you know what I mean now that might look like survival in all other spaces of you know normalcy yeah however things still grew there right mm-hmm. so, so the tenacity the fortitude that people exemplify when they come out of that space is extraordinary right but it's the it's that darkness that we do have to get out of right Mm -hmm. so that's the fire that we come with in phoenix innovation group and helping transform that kind of thinking right like i i can i can be the top of this market but this is the furthest that i can go no we can go everywhere you imagine you just need the tools, trips, and the tools, tricks, tips, strength, courage, and confidence to get you there. You, like you said, you're you're Eastside Buffalo. I know there was there was kind of a, a media led discussion about Eastside versus East Buffalo. You are you consider yourself an Eastsider, or are you an East Buffalonian? Uh. I've, in short, I'm I'm an east sider for life, uh, but I do understand innovation and where the market is is going. Mm-hmm. Do you and, think that 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 talk about East Buffalo was that like a, a, a is that a marketing thing? Yes, of I'll course see, it is. How do you see it like that? Because for for east siders, the east side would always be the east side, uh-huh. right? But if we if we are marketing towards the east to get some type of heterogeneity. There, mm-hmm. Right. We're trying to mix things up and get aerate the soil and get new people in there when we need to market that, because as it is, it's the belt line. Right. It's the color of law. It's you know what I mean? Yep. Gerrymandering. All those things is the east side as it currently stands. But if we have uh, migrant communities starting to come in and flourish within those spaces, we have, you know, White folks that wouldn't normally be on the East starting to move into the East. Those those sorts of things, you have to market the beauty that's there because without that, then it would it would be running under the same narrative, the same kind of plights that it used to. So I get it. It doesn't mean that that people that I know from the East Side is on board with right the name change, but you could, you understand it. I do understand. You know what's trying. I guess what they're trying to achieve. I don't mm-hmm. know for a fact, but it would be nice to have some type of town halls that recognize that for the people to say that this is what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Innovation and creativity are are core principles in your work. How do you define those words? Well, um, 
as I mentioned, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of researchers, Zakoff and Vergara, and what they've done to the space of creativity as, as far as advancing the canon. But there's just something in the lines of uh, creativity is the ability to modify self-imposed constraints. It's just something about that. It's just something about that that when it comes to authentic expression, being able to show up with your full attitude, with your full imagination, your full knowledge, your full experience, and being able to, you know, rifle through the inventory of that in order to gain expression is 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 a beautiful thing. So that's what creativity is for me, being able to uh, move mountains, be an alchemist in a sense. Mm-hmm. Innovation is is a is a little bit different. Innovation is uh, of course making things better, building upon things to make them better. But there's also a, a team component to innovation, right? Um, we can't use the same ideas in the same language that got us here to get past here. So we have to invite that diversity. We have to invite collaboration to be able to gain new insights, new ideas in order to be able to progress forward. Now, however, we when we get lost in the shuffle is that leadership ability and being able to switch gears and being able to say, uh, or think with agility and say, um, okay, this isn't working. We're getting us towards that novel space, that very new space. What might I be able to incorporate right here that it will coalesce this group and galvanize them around this forward movement? Now, how would you apply this to how the way things are run in this city, whether it's like government or business? Because a lot of people I talk to on this show say, you know, this, this city's been siloed for too long. People are doing this here. People are doing this over here. People are doing. And if there was this collaboration or synergy or whatever you want to call it, there would be more progression in this city. How would you apply those concepts to what's going on in the city right now? Um, well, if I can't give you three things. Oh, yes, please. Right off top. The very first thing is. Buffalo is the birthplace of the study of creativity. We should be known for that. We have the number one graduate program at the Center for Applied Imagination in the con- in the world. We should we should be known for that, right? Mm-hmm. It should be some type of fanfare around that. Like, uh, is this at UB? This is at Buff State. Is that Buff State? It it was originally at UB. Okay, but I like to say UB made, and we're both UB alum, so we can say this. But Buff State. Oh, you didn't go to UB? No, just Ball State. Oh, I went to UB too. So, <laughs> um, but UB made the Babe Ruth trade of saying that we don't know what to do with this, and we're going into medicine, and we want to study that, right? Yeah. Psychology, psychiatry. We don't exactly know yet. So they traded over to Buff State, which was the teaching school at that time, because it was a proper vehicle for being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but since then, for the past fifty years, it's been studied. At Buffalo State. So we should know that. We should know that brainstorming itself was coined here in Buffalo, New York by uh, um, uh, Albert Osborne, who wrote Applied Imagination. Those sorts of things. And when companies are using brainstorming and using it the wrong way, they should be coming to Buffalo to learn how to use it the right way. Uh That's one thing. The second thing is more of I know it's a hot topic of diversity and equity, but 
when we talk about diversity, we don't really talk about the difference between being diverse and the practice of diversity. Mm. Diversity is a practice of inviting newness and different perspectives in. That's a constant. And I think that Toronto has been able to win by inviting inviting those type of ideologies, by saying that their city is 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 thriving on diversity. You think diversity is just a buzzword kind of being used now or just it's not, as you say, it's not applied correctly? I think it's a it's a it's both of those things. Uh I think DEI or Jedi work has become the buzzword for looking out for BIPOC people. Right. But that's marketing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The real meat to this fruit is perspectives and and making sure that that's how we're leading first. Making sure that we have if this if we're going to be formulating some type of solution that everybody that this in, this solution impacts is in the room mm-hmm. for this conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Shareholders, stakeholders, um, caretakers, community members, administrative teams from the top down. We all in the room and we're all ideating on this challenge to pre- present a solution that uh, impacts us all. And then the, the last thing is a, a real thriving spirit of togetherness, and that can be fostered through collaboration. Right now, the only togetherness that we experience is in Bill's Mafia. Right. <laughs> right? And you don't want to know my real thoughts about that, so I'll keep it clean. <laughs> Same. <laughs> so it's, it's like um, Vice did a study once, uh, and they showed um, – the segregation that still thrives in America and they focused on Chicago mm-hmm. and Chicago is a lot like our city. We just a lot smaller, but it's a rust belt city, you know, on the yep. great lakes, like the rest, like, you know, Detroit, Cleveland, all the rest. So what happens in, in downtown Chicago is a lot like what happens in downtown Buffalo. When it's time to go to work, there's a, a, a massive amount of, of, of white people that come into the city's epicenter, mm-hmm. right? But when it's time to leave work, all of that kind of diversity leaves the city and it's back to the way it was before they they came in. So I look at that as a type of diversity that we can't afford to continue to ebb and flow, right? We needed to flow right within the city and stay within the city, yeah. right? We need this cross-cultural kind of, celebration throughout Mm -hmm. the entirety of the city because as it stands right now um the county the two counties actually uh erie and niagara county is 82.2 percent white that's a domination of culture right right that's not a problem until it's a problem right when Mm -hmm. you're looking for all hands on deck because all hands make less work or rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. Well, if these people have been siloed here and these people have been siloed here and these people have been siloed here, how do you expect them to live, work and play together? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right. So we have to start to foster and cultivate more of a collaborative spirit. And I think that that starts with my initial notion of celebrating that this is the birthplace of the study of creativity. Talk to me about designing workshop well first how does how does how does creativity lend itself to leadership roles well that was that that was what i was mentioning earlier right um without getting too technical there's myriad approaches to leadership yeah right what's your approach laissez-faire i'm creative leader all day but 
that is a composite of all the leaderships that kind of have been privy to your experience. Mm-hmm. I'll go even further. A huge part of creativity is about your experience. In fact, um, Professor Emeritus Ruth Nolert is a badass mathematician during World War II. She was getting, she was becoming, you know, agitated and perplexed by why her colleagues would be fascinated by coming up with new problems. And she went to them and said, we need to be get more creative. We need to be mesmerized by formulating more solutions. And they're like, we don't know what you mean. We don't even understand what creativity is. This is World War II time, right? Mm -hmm. So she came up with this equation with for creativity and it is as creativity is equal to the function of your attitude multiplied by your knowledge imagination and evaluation now that's a mouthful i know (laughs) i know i know but when it when it when it comes to leadership we need to be able to at first have agency over our our attitude how we're feeling in that space Right. Mm -hmm. Take a moment and a moment is 90 seconds to reckon with yourself and anybody out there. If you've ever been in a fight, you know that 90 seconds is quite a long time. Right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So when you are taking agency over your time first, then you get time to just be like, okay, so what's happening here? What's in front of me? And how would like how might I be resourceful in getting across it? So that forces you to be imaginative, to scan the expanse of your lifetime, then start to incorporate what do I know for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And then what's been my experience? So if you've been through authoritative uh, leadership, if you've been through democratic leadership, if you've been through a laissez-faire leadership, if you've been through uh, a servant leadership, you know how those things have been impactful to you. So you can kind of, tease and, and, and tether and pinch and pull from those things right, right. in order to be effective at the task that you're leading. In creativity, um, there's a word called press, right? Mm-hmm. And you're impressed, but we use it differently in creativity. Creativity, press means uh, the relationship between the leader and the environment, right? It's uh, derived from the Latin term pressis, which you know, like uh, translates into container. Yeah. So if we're looking at our, our environment, What's your relationship between yourself and that environment? Are you depressed by it, suppressed by it, compressed by it, impressed by it, mm-hmm. or are you fully expressive within it? Right. Right? That makes sense. So we, 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 we are aiming to be able to be a full human in our authentic expression, being able to pull from all of our experiences. But the most important thing is being able to say, I don't know, and outsource to the leadership that you need within that time. Well, that makes sense. Talk we got to be able to make mistakes, Thomas. That's the only right, way to get to right. success. Yeah, exactly. And I've made plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so have I. So have I. We'll continue our conversation here on What's Next after this short break. Did you know that WNED PBS is always working on great new local shows for you to watch? Documentaries like Kleinhand's Gift to Buffalo, which tells the story of Buffalo's music hall. The hall is very intimate, and that intimacy makes everyone who comes in here feel a part of our family. Fun and educational series like Compact Science. Believe it or not, 
Peppers are technically fruits. And Shakespeare's greatest hits featuring some of his best-known soliloquies and monologues. We are such stuff as dreams are made of. You can watch them all on our website at wned.org slash local shows. While you're there, check out the show pages and many websites for additional content such as bonus features, photo galleries, and lesson plans. Find it all at wned.org slash local shows. Hey, is this thing on? Test, test, one, two. Sounds great. Let's go. The podcast world is overflowing with more than 750,000 podcasts to choose from. But for great local podcasts, you can now go to one place, the new Amplify BTPM Pods app. Here, you can discover content produced in Western New York and Southern Ontario, our own backyard. With a wide variety of genres to choose from, there is something for everyone. Listen to the best independently produced podcasts in the region anywhere, anytime. Download the free Amplify BTPM Pods app wherever you get your apps and begin exploring your local podcast community now. Explore the intersection of music and mental health with Mindful Music, hosted by mental health advocate and educator Carl Shalomorn. Listen to guests share how they use music to express their inner nature and manage their emotional well-being. Listen to Mindful Music on Saturdays at 4 p.m. and Sundays at 8 p.m. on WBFO. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at WBFO.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. This is What's Next. I'm Thomas O'Neill White, and I'm with Nadra Bolden, author, performance manager, and founding consultant for the Phoenix Innovation Group. Talk to me about um, your four key core components of Phoenix Innovation Group, please. Uh, mo- most definitely. I'll start by just listing them out, and then I'll I'll go into them in detail. Um, at Phoenix Innovation Group, we focus on four. Uh, key areas that we've been able to apply our methodology, and that is uh, business and or entrepreneurial development consulting, change management, cultural competency, and community engagement. Excuse me. Now, what that looks like for business and entrepreneurial development consulting is we align our expert guiding and consulting with cutting-edge projects the business needs and their development needs. Mm-hmm. We also tailor solutions to complement the entrepreneurial spirit and the dynamic is- initiatives of whatever organization that we're serving, right? And when we're talking about entrepreneurial spirit, you'd be like, well, how do you have entrepreneurial spirit at an organization? That organization is still full of human capital. Not all of that human capital performs the same way. Mm-hmm. Some people perform like lightning and they just get things and take initiative and hustle and go. Right. Yeah. That's the spirit that we cater to. That's the spirit that we want to align the organization with, because we want to make sure that everybody's in the right, but on the right bus in the right seat, headed towards the right destination. Right. Mm-hmm. Because then you can give your all to this space and, they, and the organization can receive it gladly. The next thing is change management where we like to navigate transitions of complex projects and adapting um, the organization to evolve with the landscape 
of the change, no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, <laughs> so like just being adaptive. Of course, of course. When you when you break that down to just even being even more simplistic, uh, Bloomberg, Businessweek, any of those uh, business forums and periodicals you look at, the top five reigning soft skills or power skills is, are going to be creativity, problem solving, resiliency, adaptability, communication. Mm-hmm. Right. That's going to be across the board. Right. These are the things that we like to focus with, especially or focus on, especially within change management. Right. The next thing is cultural competency. We were just talking about that with, you know, having diversity within the space, um, enhancing our coaching, cultural understanding to align with diverse and collaborative environments and tailoring our cultural competency initiative to resonate with global focus and um, society and societal impact goals. Um, And then the last thing of of community engagement, which I love a lot uh, because, you know, I'm a Buffalonian. I I love my community. Um, building stronger connections with communities impacted by whatever initiatives are set. Like I would love to be able to discuss things with Oshai to see how they're steering that impact mm-hmm. within this, like in our community um, and fostering community growth in alignment with philanthropic endeavor, endeavors. Right. So like, just think about yourself, Thomas, I'm sure you have a lot of philanthropic endeavors, but are they as the impact aligning with which you see yourself having, or is it fulfilling or is satisf- satisfying, uh, gratifying as you see it being in your mind, right? We want to assess that and we want to make sure that, again, things are happening in the right spaces at the right time you want them to be happening. Take me through a workshop you would design. Um, you've worked with universities, you've worked with international organizations, community based agencies, schools, churches. Man, you're everywhere. Yeah. Um, just take take me through like the designing a workshop. What, what does that look like? Well, it, it starts with it starts with a problem. It starts with whatever problem an organization is looking at. Once they decide to pick us, Phoenix Innovation Group, as their dynamic partner, we are excited. It's right. like we ring a bell and be like, "Let's get to it." All of our focus and attention goes into it. So we go into a discovery session after that because we don't know what your problem is, but we're just excited about it. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're giving our all to it. But we have to have clarity first. Right. Because that's where the magic happens in the creative problem solving process. So we want we go right into clarity. What's going on? What's your problem? Who's the stakeholders? How long have you been facing this? What have you tried? You know, Mm -hmm. who's all involved? So on and so forth. Then we our team, we get together. We produce a discovery of what the solution may look like. That might look like a workshop. It might look like. Of a full day component it might look like a multiple day workshop mm-hmm. right or it might look like something that we break down individually for your leadership team but whatever it is we build that discovery and we send it back to you all to understand so so you understand what we see mm-hmm. from, from the, the perspective that we have yeah 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 like is this what you're saying that the problem is is this in alignment and if it is we get to work right there right then and there with the consignment of whoever we're serving, right? So they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, we love this. Um, here's the day that we want to put it together. And we go from there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually not... The the larger the organization, the larger the group that we're serving, that's the more of an arduous task. Right. Because then that's the one we have to bring in more facilitators because ideally we like to service, you know, five to 10 people per facilitator. 
mm-hmm. you know, from our framework and the research that we've done within it. That's how you get an optimal. Uh, that's how you get optimal results. So if we serve in a, we service in 100 people, then we have to bring in additional facilitators Mm -hmm. and we have to look at the logistics of that where are we having this is it going to be at a conference center okay so where is this conference center going to be like where's the ideal space for it to be at so the larger it is the more arduous the task but the smaller it is oh we just you know that's like bite-sized candy bars you got to tell yourself to stop (laughs) (laughs) tell me a little bit about your work at buff state I've been an uh, adjunct lecturer at Buffalo State for, uh, I'm about to be going on eight years coming up in the summer of 2024. And I've been applying all of these principles and methodologies my my entire time there. When I first started there, of course, imposter syndrome kick in, you know, <laughs> and I have to adapt to uh-huh. applying different creative leadership to navigate. And I had a lot of my colleagues rushing up to me like, Naja, how are you keeping people in class? Like, how are you keeping these students in class? Like, because they would stay over asking me questions, mm-hmm. engaged, involved, wanting to know more. And then, like, scholars just started to follow me around campus. And then shout out to one of my colleagues, Tamara McMillan, when she was on campus. She uh, was executive director of C-STEP. So she was just like, you got all these scholars following you around. We just can't have you around. So she gave me an office space. (laughs) And from there, mentoring mentoring ensued. And I've uh, established great connections with so many other scholars since then. Um, Some of those scholars have led to business in the area, like with Shays Buffalo. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's been amazing. I've been recognized by... Uh, the city comptroller for my mentorship at Buffalo State. It's just an amazing, incredible ride up there. I love working with the scholars. I love fellowshipping with them. I love helping them uh, see problems from a different perspective because they they have to know that they're bigger than their problems. And a lot of these scholars come from environments like how I come from. And it's like, man, mm-hmm. if I can make it out of the peril that I was up against, imagine what you're able to do when we working together. How many scholars do you mentor? Right now, they don't leave. It's like the Hotel California. <laughs> so <laughs> they never leave. Like, I got scholars all over the globe. You know, they might leave Buffalo, but they never leave right. in spirit. Right. You know, I s- still get calls on a regular basis. And if I don't answer, there will be a text to follow. Like, yo, what's up? Like, what are you doing? Like, uh-huh. is you that, did you too busy now for me? You know, remember, <laughs> you know, we came up in this together. So, um, I can show you text after like, you like email after email, text message after text message. That's like that. Um, that's gotta be really fulfilling. It is, it is, it is. Um, and to be recognized because I, I, I got an, an I was recently awarded by, uh, I forgive I f- Forgive me, Debbie, for if I'm botching the name, but it's uh, I think it's Urban Utopia, something along those lines. And I got an award for leadership and integrity. And that was monumental for me because you're not doing it for that. Right. You're doing it to exact your goals. Mm-hmm. I got goals. So. With strong faith and belief in those goals, I'm walk, I'm walking towards those, and providentially they're, you know, opening up to me. 
But along the way, opportunities come along. And in marketing, you'll be a fool to not take advantage of the opportunities that come along. So those are the things that that are like overflowing mm-hmm. with for me, with for like like with joy for me. You know what I mean? To be recognized for these things that like I'm at play with what Stuart Brown calls play. So with with that recognition and you know what you've been doing at Buff State, you believe you were born for this role? Um, just looking at what you studied at ECC, at Buff State, at UB, the awards, the recognition you've received, just seems like, hey, this guy was meant to do this. I do. I really do. Um, and it's been serendip- serendipitous. Um, you know, I started out going to the military. And that paid for my education to even start going to school. And then when I went to school, I knew nothing about college. You know what I mean? I'm I was getting my name mentioned on the hall, on the on the walls on on dean's list, and I was going to my advisor, pissed off, like, why is my name on the wall? I come to school on time, I do my work. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> and she had to tell me, you know, calm down, young man. Like, being on the dean's list is a great thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Getting these four point and this and that and a fellowship opened up to me to study something. And um, I started to look into deviant behavior in Buffalo's youth, right? Because I'm Buffalo's youth. I was into devious things. I came from the east side. I wanted to know why did we do those things? But more importantly, why did I choose to do something different at that moment in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I ended up winning a monetary prize for my fellowship there. Um, that led to me going to UB and, and studying psychology even further, um, joining the Psychi Fraternity of Excellence in Psychology and, um, you know, you know, increasing my, you know, my veracity for that, for the, my, like wanting to learn more, engaging my discipline within it. And then I went into therapy intensive after that, got into my master's a couple years after that in creativity. And I immediately started to ask a question of, uh, can a, a workshop in creative problem solving uh, enhance resilience and soft skills in low socioeconomic status black males? Because I wanted to know what was making me different. And in mm-hmm. research and that scholarship forced me to kind of like narrow my focus into that. That gave me the framework for this company at Phoenix Innovation Group. Our core um, uh, service is is innovation fitness sessions innovation fitness training that came directly from this research right we opened up a, a, a soft skill incubator downtown all of these things within my experience helped lend itself to these books that I that's, that's sitting before you right now um and as I as I said it's, it's been engineered serendipity you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I, I I do my storyboarding I do my planning and then I put it to the side these things just open up providentially to me. So is it my purpose? I gauge that by the joy that I feel from doing things like this. I engage in things that Dr. Stuart Brown calls play where I'm, I feel this tremendous amount of joy, but I, it seems like I'm doing nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. Thank you so much for listening to What's Next. We'll be back with more after this. This is the Buffalo Toronto Public Media History Bite, bringing you a peek into significant historical events for the week of November 27th through December 3rd. I'm your host and program director, Tom Barich. November 27th, 1917. The TV host of the Howdy Doody Show was born on this day. 
Robert Emile Smith, also known as Buffalo Bob Smith, played the part ending his TV run in 1960, but continued with live performances, which evolved into, quote, adult-friendly versions of Buffalo Bob that had a more nostalgic theme to it. The university at Buffalo's men's basketball team played its very first game on December 1st, 1905. They played against Cornell at Convention Hall. They lost, unfortunately, with a valiant effort, and the final score, believe it or not, Cornell 27, UB 23. Games certainly have changed. And the famous and now legendary Pierce Arrow Motor Car Company incorporated on December 2nd, 1916. They had a good run and sold most of their assets at auction in 1938. You've been listening to the WBFO History Bite. Discover more stories about Western New York's past on the Buffalo History Museum's website. Learn more at buffalohistory.org. For Buffalo Toronto Public Media, I'm Tom Barich. Hi, I'm Christina. I love exploring the world around me and I have behind-the-scenes VIP tickets to some of the most exciting places and people in Western New York. And you can come along with me from wherever you are. Let's go! A new series you can watch on WNED-PBS, the Buffalo Toronto Public Media YouTube channel, and on PBS Learning Media Nationwide. So let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go! Not sure what you want to watch tonight? We've got you covered. Visit WNED.org slash TV schedule to see what's on WNED-PBS, WNED-Create, and WNED-PBS Kids. Click the Primetime button to see what's on tonight. You can also search for your favorite programs in the search bar or look for programs by date and time. Visit WNED.org slash TV schedule and start making your viewing plans now. Watch Buffalo's Voices of Steel on YouTube. The original WNED-PBS production captures the legacy of the steel industry in Western New York through the voices of the people who worked in the mills. Anybody who never saw the steel plant in operation missed something. I always told my kids that they really missed to see what it was like to make steel. Through remembrances of the workers, Buffalo's Voices of Steel showcases the pride Western New York still feels about its steel-producing past. Watch it now on the Buffalo Toronto Public Media YouTube channel. And don't forget to subscribe while you're there. Birds, whether common or rare, delight me. That's what our new Now We're Birding and Enjoying Nature Club is all about. Oh yes, and the best is being with people who are also interested in wildflowers, animals, and of course, birds. Come along with us, won't you, Peter Hall and me, Stratton Rawson, as we lead monthly excursions to Tift or Rheinstein Woods Nature Preserves. To sign up, go to wned.org front slash birding. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at wbfo.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. Welcome back to our program. I'm Thomas O'Neill-White, and I'm with Nadra Bolden, author, performance manager, and founding consultant for the Phoenix Innovation Group. 
you mentioned a little while ago um, studying deviant behaviors and like how that applies to um, kids in Buffalo. You grew up in Buffalo. What are you seeing with kids these days? Similar to how you grew up? Because I know there's been issues um, within Buffalo public schools with violence and, and stuff like that. Um, how do you feel? Is there like a difference? Are kids just growing up in the same environment that you did? Absolutely. Growing up in the same environment that I did. And if I can offer a suggestion, it would be far greater support and empowerment for uh, agency and advocacy. Mm-hmm. And we can do those things by something, a, a very simple ingredient uh, to education reform, and that's creativity efficacy. You know what I mean? That's a person bringing themselves to the education forum and saying, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I'm interested in. Right. We're getting a person to set goals and designs for life early on. And that's a complete antithesis to the Carnegie method of you go to school to learn how to work better. You understand what I'm saying? We 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 have to because there's a tremendous amount. Let's respect the, the creativity that comes out of those dark places. Yeah. For people to thrive. Let's respect the imagination that comes out of there and the experience. Especially with children. Of course. Now, give those. I was just speaking with one of my one of my junior frat brothers from back in the day. uh, Shout out to him. He was mentioning to me that he had to make decisions like myself, had to make decisions early on because he had been shot. And the same day he he had been shot, his brother was killed. Right. His mom had died at nine years old. Right. This is a story very similar to my own. Right. And mm-hmm. he had to put himself in adult circumstances early on because he saw where he wanted to go. Right. Same thing with me. I put myself in adult circumstances early on because I saw where I wanted to go. Right. For me, money was the motivator mm-hmm. and money was too easy to get in my neighborhood. Hard to keep, but right. very easy to get. Uh-huh. Right. And the things that you had to do to adapt to getting money in my neighborhood kind of deadened off the 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 more um, authentically expressive things of you. Like, I've always been a nerd, but I had to barter that when I left my porch. You yeah. understand what I'm saying? Right. right. When I, I had to get into some, I had to get into what my neighborhood was into. Mm-hmm. So now fast forward where I'm an adult man or and I and I can't really I can't really let go of that conditioning. What do I do? Right. Right. So we we have to open up to spaces for consulting and things like that because that helps us shift our perspective and have accelerated outcomes because now we want to start to condition ourselves for the success we see ourselves having. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't come overnight. Right. That requires rigorous training. Right. So we we that's that's the that's the uh, if I can offer a suggestion to our leaders, it would be to uh, all all kind of support and empowerment for agency and advocacy for the youth of the east side of Buffalo. You mentioned also that you served in the military. I did. What was that experience like? I served during uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. And it it was an incredible experience for me. And I know some folks are going to be like, damn, you served in, in, in two wars. How was that an incredible experience for me? Before I even left home, I was already serving in wars. 
Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I got the wounds on my body to, to, to show it. But like my recruiter had said before I got into the military is, um, you know, if you die, at least you die for something. Right? Mm-hmm. You out here, you squandering your life for nothing at all. Right? Go and stand up for something. You know what I mean? And that is what changed my life. It gave me my core values at 17, 18 years of age, and I had no idea what core values were. But now I've I've, I've grafted those uh, uh, core values and I've innovated upon them from the United States Air Force. So my core values are integrity first still, mm-hmm. service before self still. But I've amended the next is creative excellence in all that I do, right? And uh, I brought in another one, which is uh, is is ebullient collaboration. Because not all the time do we feel like collaborating. Mm-hmm. Right now, right. we are facing such tumult. Like we've never, like we've probably never experienced in this time. We got economy issues. We got war going on in, in all certain parts of the planet. Right, and. We don't know which which way is next. Where are we going? Where are we headed to next? Right. So w- within those things, what might it look like to embrace that? Embrace what we're feeling, and start to imagine what's next, and then start to move towards that change that we want to see, versus sitting back in unleadership, passing the buck and the blame, and feeling like I don't have any agency and wherewithal to do anything about this or circumstances around me. This is what's next. And I'm Thomas O'Neill White, and I'm with Nadra Bolden, author, performance manager, and founding consultant for the Phoenix Innovation Group. You've been around the world. I've been in a few places. <laughs> well, one What's... thing I know for sure is I know nothing at all. <laughs> there you go. Uh, what's your favorite country or, or city you've been to? Uh, my, my favorite country is an idea. Um, like Wakanda. Right. Um, I've never really I've been to um the Horn, of course, uh-huh. of, of Africa, mm-hmm. but I've never been amongst our people there. So I would love to just be immersed in that grounding spirit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And be welcomed in a space where, you know, this is ours. You know what I mean? So, um, but of course I love it. You know, this is my home. So I love home. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you know, I've been to, so I've been to Japan. I love Japan. Uh, you know, Hawaii is a state, but you know, very different. Um, but it's lovely all the same. Um, but yeah, my favorite, my favorite place would probably be in ideas of right now. And I think uh, I think our listeners can. It's pretty obvious that you are a, a well-read man. Anything interesting you are reading currently? Um, right now, um, I'm reading the real work uh, by I believe is Adam Gopnik or Gopkin. Excuse me. Um, and it's 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 centered around his fascination of how do people become great? How do they get great? Mm -hmm. Right. How do they come up with this, this extraordinary skill or talent? 
um, and he centers the most of the most of the narrative around magicians and and how they put in this work to um, get really good at the get really skillful at the tricks, mm-hmm. which look like magic to us. Yeah, yeah. And talk to me a little bit about your son. <sighs> how old is he? He's nine. Nine. He's nine. It's a great age. He and he's great. Um, boy, my son, what can I say? He is all extraordinary. He is all extravaganza. He is all energy. Um, but the best thing about my relationship with him is I get to heal myself through loving and nurturing on him. Mm -hmm. Right. I get to look back at my younger self that felt neglected and abused and went through all this other trauma I get to look at him in wonderment and just be like wow interesting like look this this is his experience right like and I was taught by one of my uh one of my mentors early on he saw my relationship with my son and he was just like uh I want you to go get some fire gloves and I'm like, what you mean? He was like, your son is all fire. Mm-hmm. I want you to get some fire gloves to learn how to manage that fire and not put it out. Right. So, like, my biggest pride and joy, also my biggest responsibility, because the same thing that makes you great is the same thing that get is, is the same thing that kills you, is supporting and empowering his agency. Yeah. His advocacy strengthening his leadership right now he's playing basketball and he's so hard on himself about scoring buckets and the best like the, the the best way i feel like i can meet him is is son are you having fun you love basketball all you really want to do is be good at it to have more fun with it mm-hmm. so make that your priority everything else will fall into place there's no need to try to be you know lebron james now Right. That can be your goal. Mm -hmm. But focus on being the best you now and have fun with it. The way you're supporting your teammates, I'm loving that. Stay within that. I coach kids that age, and that's exactly what I I tell them. I was like, are you having fun? Because, listen, this is just youth league. We're not winning NBA titles here. I'm here to help you get better. Mm. But you got to have fun with it come on you're gonna learn but we gotta have fun too man you're gonna because everybody learns the best when they're at play exactly so you're gonna get fundamentals but make sure you're having a a ball while you're doing it mm-hmm. boy i tell you thomas you're doing a good god's work by uh, appreciate that coaching man. kids like that and, and leading them it's, that way it's 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 as i get like I, you're 39 i'm 40 i'll be 41 you 40 uh, yeah i'll be 41 you next look month younger than me <laughs> we both look young you look younger than me wow <laughs> so like as my as my playing days you know shorten it's i'm getting a lot out of teaching the game mm. to kids who who are there and are willing to learn engage Enga- really yeah, engage fully yeah yeah that's the i mean that's the huge that's the best fulfillment that you can get mm-hmm. is when somebody get what you when, when somebody picking up what you putting down right exactly <laughs> that's the exactly. best you can get <laughs> <laughs> you know and nothing feels more fulfilling than being of service mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i got two two more questions for you 
pretty broad. Okay. Um, what does what does Buffalo need? What does Western New York need, in your opinion, from your position? That goes back to all the ingredients that I mentioned earlier. Was what is what Buffalo needs? Um, when you talk about Western New York, you're talking, to, in my opinion, you're talking about Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, right? Mm-hmm. And they, those cities are suffering from similar problems that we're suffering from. Right. Right. Um, that um, discipline segregation, right? We're trying to dismantle that now with marketing things like East Buffalo, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yep. I see where we're trying to go with it, but I think that we need to be far more transparent and far more deliberate about community calls because we are a caring people of Western New York. We are. We are 100%. a city of good neighbors. You know, my aunt passed away in this in the in that re, in that in that Arctic vortex earlier this year. I'm sorry. And it was her neighbor that let her rest in her in their living room on the floor. Wow. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my cousin had to go back and pick his mother up from that space, right? You know what I mean? So it's it's you know, that's the city that we come from. You know, that's the spirit of the entrepreneurs and the hustlers that live here. That's the spirit that I wanna I wanna see more of. Uh, in the forefront instead of us all getting behind Bill's Mafia. Love Bill's Mafia. Right. <laughs> Go, that works for the people that it works for. But there's more to there's the so, area There's than so sports. much more. So much more. Vibrance, brilliance, elegance to just the people, the cultures that are here. And if we start to platform everyday culture here, Mm-hmm. I think we'd be astonished what we'll we'll get on it in in the rents of that washout. And my last question, Naja, what's next for you? Um, ultimately, I'm looking at education reform. Mm-hmm. I want to I want I want to be not just fighting on Capitol Hill. I want to you know we want at Phoenix Innovation Group to indu- introduce curricula that is sound for reform. You know, starting with creativity efficacy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Starting with understanding divergent thinking and what what that means for prospecting or, you know, uh, coming up with new things, integrating things, because um, that's what we need, right? Failure is definitely the way. So how might we be better at integrating the failure? How might we be better at splitting our successes to create new success? How might we be better at thinking distally in the future, right, of what we need and closing the gaps? Um, all of that human capital is all, all teeming around us. It's teeming around us. But we're we're caught in the perspective and the paradigm of yesterday, right? And we have to be able to blow past that. We need to get past that. And, you know, a lot of a, a lot of how we serve is here to 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 stand in the gaps of that. Now, would that start in the Buffalo public school system? I would love that. I would love to be able to start that conversation now with with Buffalo public schools. Um, However, that doesn't stop us from being at the millstone Mm -hmm. and and pumping out curricula and exacting the change that we want to see. You know, at Buffalo State, we've been able to have that impact so far. You know what I mean? We want to continue to drive it. This has been What's Next. I want to thank my guest, Naja Bolden, the founder of Phoenix Innovation Group and also an author for being with us. 
You're listening to WBFO and WBFO HD1 Buffalo, WOLN Olean, and WUBJ Jamestown, your NPR station.